Oh yeah, when that bass drops in, you know it's time for DLC, your downloadable content for the week. DLC delivered the way it's meant to be, completely free. And that's thanks to our sponsor this week, Squarespace. Squarespace! They made that possible, bringing the show to you completely free, all week long, nightly episodes. There's so much to talk about. This is a special episode. We're not going to do our normal topics. I'm a little amped. I've, I've been eating sugar. Uh, there were donuts at the EA conference, and I ate more than I should have. So I'm a little amped right now. We've got awesome guests. We've got Christian Spicer, of course, as always, my co-host slash friend slash nemesis. Christian, what is up? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of a slow news week, so I've just been playing some Vita games. And we've got... I, a guy I could not do uh, not do E3 without. It's it's my old buddy from the Totally Rad Show, Dan Trachtenberg. Hey, Dan. Hello. I, uh, hey. I I was sad not to have you by my side uh, throughout, and Alex as well, and and Mike. Um, it didn't feel like E3 without you guys. But even last year when we weren't doing the Totally Rad Show, you went with me to E3. So I, it was the first year where I was uh, all alonesies. So I you were I, sad. I was uh, sad. I didn't get sugary donuts in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you here hanging out. I know you watched uh, the streams, and, and we had yeah. tons of people in the chat rooms. Uh, so without further ado, let's get on that E3 hype train. What do you think of that, Christian? Uh-huh. That's pretty good. I think my daughter does it better, but that that's a great uh, remix. Thanks for uh, whoever sent that in. Oh, Sean Madigan, he uh, he did our uh, our last one to the um, the uh, playlist. So he's awesome. He's he's awesome. Um, how are we even going to parse this? There's so much to talk about. Sony literally ended moments ago. Um, I think it would be fun to go maybe in reverse order, or we can we can talk about whatever you guys think is the most important thing. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Sony right off the bat. Um, Man, two hours. They showed a bunch of new games, uh, some stuff we expected, a lot of stuff we didn't. There were some actual genuine surprises from Sony. um, And a a period of their conference where they kind of talked about stuff we weren't particularly interested in. There was a lot of meandering, I thought, about two-thirds of the way through. But uh, for the most part, Tons of really cool games, lots of fun. Uh, what did you guys take away from Sony? Christian, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that middle section was was a little, and I had just tweeted out, like, <laughs> remember when these press conferences were full of boring numbers? And then I think Sony saw it, <laughs> and, <laughs> and they dove in. But what I think Sony did well is they showed uh, diversity in games. I think Microsoft's, it's hard to talk about these conferences without, talking about all of them i mean i think microsoft was maybe a more effective like pulse pounding get in your face kind of like you know jeff when we did you know nlbs when you turn on the ps4 the first time it was kind of like here's your system when you turned on the xbox one for the first time it was like here are some games (laughs) and uh, i think sony's press conference you know great games good mix but it it kind of lagged it, it kind of sagged a little bit 
And um, it was a real shame to see that little big planet three still doesn't control well at all. Yeah, that was a, that was one of those surprise games, little big planet three. I don't think anybody saw that coming, but um, if you saw that gameplay demo and someone asked you whether that was on the PlayStation four or PlayStation three, would you be able to tell them one way or the other? That's my question. I thought um, it looked impressive. I thought it looked, it yeah? looked like a Gumby, you know, like a live action um, version of what before looked almost like a live action, you know, yeah, uh, handmade thing. Um, I thought it looked great, and I don't. I don't think it controls poorly. I I would imagine they were. Um, it seemed like they didn't rehearse, whereas more people rehearse. I kind of enjoyed the spontaneity of that and um, how real that was. Though I don't. I just. I just think they weren't playing very well. I don't. I don't think it felt, seemed like complicated in any sense. Yeah. Um, well, overall, what did you think of the Sony press conference, Dan? I. Um, I, I I think, as Christian described, I think I came away from the Microsoft conference with my heart in my chest much more. Um, though I think you're right, Christian, that that PlayStation's was more diverse. I don't know though. Actually, Xbox had some indie games. I, yeah, I actually have to say, I don't want to jump to Xbox, but Xbox did have some wonderful indie games, artful games mixed with the AAA titles. Sony. So having just seen that Uncharted trailer, wow. That Batman trailer, wow. Um, a lot of incredible No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky was Sony, right? No Man's Sky is Sony. Yeah, that, boy, that, that looks so good. And it, we we were surprised when that game was announced. Um, what was that? Yeah. GDC that that was announced. When was that? No, I think um, it was E three a year ago. No, was it? I remember Might've... it was like the little game that because I remember watching it in a stream and yeah. people going, "What is that? Oh my god, no one knew. It came yeah. out of nowhere for sure. Um, but. And, and it wowed everybody, but I think this trailer even one up to that announcement trailer. For it, sure. Yeah. It just looks so vast and so varied and so interesting. And it's coming from this small team. It just seems impossible that they have created this infinite world, as they kept mentioning. Man, it looks so good. It, it's yeah, funny, I right take before those that four came guys out. at Hello Games and put them on all these other games, and then we'll actually have games released this year. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. These guys are cranking things out. And of that note, and seriously, what what blinks first in 2015? Uncharted, Batman, Halo. There's going to be another Call of Duty. Uh, I'm blanking on games because my brain's on game overload. Like, holy cr- Metal Gear. Holy crap. Speaking by Ho- blinks first. Gets delayed again? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. like blink moves its release date. Like 2015 is insane if all yeah. that holds. It's true. It's true. There's a lot of stuff to be excited about. I was impressed with how much stuff there is to be excited about this year, too. I really thought it was going to be all 2015, but... Um, a lot of Octobers. Octobers at, or today. <laughs> We're right yeah. now. Yeah. How cool was that? Um, Sony dropping the, hey, go get it today. Actually, I'm really excited to play Entwined. That looks amazing. Yeah. It looks like a, some kind of cross between Res and Brothers. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that that sort of dual stick, one controlling one, the other controlling the other character thing from Brothers, but done in a sort of dyad or res tunnel visual masterpiece thing. Boy, it looks awesome. And we can, we can go pay 10 bucks and do it right now. It's so great. let me, let's get rid of No Man's Sky. And what I'd like to know from both of you is what was your most wow, like jaw dropping, like F yeah moment during Sony's press conference? And what was your most underwhelming moment during Sony's press conference, and it can't be a statistic. Um, if you have to take 
No Man's Sky out of the equation, and I, I don't know why you do, but if you do... Because we just all said that impressed us yeah. the most, so what's okay. next? Uh, after that, it would be Far Cry 4. Uh, even though we saw Far Cry 4 at the Ubisoft um, press conference, they, they showed sort of just the beginning of the game, and it was a cutscene. To see actual gameplay footage from Far Cry 4, I was so excited about that game. I love the Far Cry series. Two and three are both just phenomenal games, and this looks like it's carrying that forward, adding that fun sort of Dark Souls-esque co-op call a friend in when you, you need him type of situation. Uh, I'm sold on that game. It looks fantastic. And you don't need to own a copy of the game? To, that? I, didn't like, I don't know how that works, but that's yeah. crazy. Explain that. Who, what, download these. I think it's download these. I think you I can mean, you download... Just play for free if it's with somebody? I guess. I mean, I'm sure we'll hear more details about that during the show, but Strange. it seems like you, you're going to be downloading a client and hopping into... I think it's it's a pretty awesome way for them to sell more copies of the game because it's like, oh my gosh, I'm having so much fun playing with my friend, but I'm not progressing any myself. Yeah. I think I'm going to buy the game. Yeah. What was the first half of Sony? What were the first few games that we saw? Destiny was the first game that they opened with. Right. Uh, I think they're really making a play to uh, associate the Sony platform with that game in a mm-hmm. big way, which is mm-hmm. which is smart of them, I think. Uh, and then The Order had that... Had that yeah. I thought a not particularly effective trailer as far as selling the game. I thought it was a really beautiful trailer in a lot of ways, but it didn't look particularly compelling from a gameplay perspective. That um, was probably the, my, the, the most fizzle for me was um, it dawning on me how, how beautiful that looks, but it, the gameplay just looks like every other game. I, I don't know why I should be compelled to play that game other than the art design. And I can't know? imagine that that game is that the whole time. I, I think it's more, at least what they've shown so far is it's much more like a squad based kind of play your role and get through the oh. world third person action right. game. And this much more felt like a, this um, manufactured experience, this really linear constructed experience that goes in and out of cutscenes. And I felt like, Huh. Maybe that is what the game is, but it, it, it didn't seem to be that in every other time we've seen it. Well, my jaw drop moment was the, which is just sort of a, uh, not fair to say, but the, uh, the Dead Island 2 trailer um, yeah. was incredible. Like those guys, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know who made it, uh, but at least they're, they're the call that whoever, you know, at Deep Silver decides to go with whoever they go with or the concepts. What I mean, they're just wonderful because they did that amazing trailer for the first game um and this was a great little short film in and of itself also and really well made and super exciting and i really did love the first at island though it wasn't didn't have the emotion of that first trailer it was a great game and i have no idea what this game is i have no idea if it will be as good um or if it'll be very different or too similar or what have you but i that trailer was phenomenal phenomenal one of the things that I tweeted during the show was I think we've gotten to the point where the guys who make CG trailers for games are really good at making CG trailers for games. Dude, I think beyond CG trailers for games, the, the games, the games themselves, and especially I've really found a new level of appreciation this year for those guided demos that they take us on. I was really reflecting on how impressed every year I am with games and then I'm sort of let down whenever I play them throughout the year because – those guided demos are such a wonderful, uh, immersive slash cinematic experience that are so unique to the guided demo. Because when you're playing a game, we are so like 
the difference between Bioshock, Skyoshock, the Bioshock Infinite, its demo versus when you're playing it and you, because you're playing a video game, have to run to every trash can and loot it, every drawer and loot it. You have to do all these things that are gamey. But when you just play that game for its pure story of the moment, you know, it is so incredible. And that, you know, Gears of, uh, not Gears, uh, Call of Duty trail in the beginning and... But wait, but wait, yeah. that's, that's the order. That's what you guys just said the order looked like and then you were like, meh. No, well, the just the the actual genre. No, Call of Duty. But this is the difference: is Call of Duty that trailer just to jump ahead had so many um, little tiny amazing ideas in it um, that were the way you experienced them were so great because of the guided demo. But like just and even the Tomb Raider thing, like the reveal of her, the flare, and then she just racks to her in the background. There's so many cool moments in that that got me so excited and so impressed by the filmmaking that those moments are so much better than any action scene moment um for movies that come out uh i was just kind of game after game after game i couldn't believe oh my god this is incredible oh my god this is incredible oh my god this is incredible um yet i know that this experiences of the games even you know uh sunset overdrive which is not it's going to be a cinematic game at all. The way that that demo played it out was so exciting and quite different than I was watching the stream on, um, not the stream, but on Spike TV. They had a little bit more of a demo with um, Keeley and, and uh, whoever it was Kim playing. Cook. And they should, I think they showed multiplayer mode. And it, and it was all, it still looks phenomenal, but it's not quite as slick and smooth um, as, uh, as when you're watching that. Like everything flows in the game, they right. really, the, yeah. So, um, well, Christian, what is what was your uh, jaw drop moment other than No Man's Sky? Then, uh, the Vita the, mentioned twice. <laughs> uh, Nathan Drake, that close up on his face, and then it pulled out, and they led you to believe that that's how it's going to look when you're playing, which Naughty Dog has done before. You know, it's in-engine cutscenes. And holy crap. And I wanted that to come up on the screen so bad. I wanted it to be right at the end. I wanted it to be in-game footage. That's what I wanted so bad. But I don't know if it was. No, neither do I. But that was that was my 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 jaw jaw drop moment. And then my my little set like the things I think didn't hit as hard, unfortunately. I think that their indie games they showcased didn't hit as effectively this year as they did last year. And I'm not sure why. Um, it just, I felt like they were, not throwaways, but I don't know, it didn't seem to have the same weight last year. I really loved that indie showcase they did last year. And I think the games yeah. look great, but I think the way they presented them at their press conference this year wasn't as effective. Well, the Talos Principle and Abzu, both of those games looked pretty darn cool. Um, and I and No Man's Sky falls under that rubric as well, I would say. Um, Oh, we got a ton of people on the line, and I want to work calls into the show. And in fact, we have a very special caller that I think you guys will recognize. Uh, Brian Leahy, what's he going to say? He, I think you're on the phone right now. Are you not? Yeah, I think I am. Hey, hey what's up, man? Uh, so what? Phone? Yes, you are on the phone. What? What? Brian Leahy, of course, uh, from from We Can Confirm back in the day, uh, one of our favorite people. What was your take on uh, – well, we're starting kind of with Sony. So what was your take on Sony's press conference that just ended? Boring. Classic <laughs> <laughs> Leahy. I'm trying, I'm trying to get a sense for the delay because there's a little bit of a delay. So excuse yeah. me if I talk over anyone. But, uh, yeah, no, it was 
It was like I tweeted, but it, it looked like they looked back at how they whipped Microsoft last year for Microsoft trying to be all media partnerships and strategy and boring, boring, boring. And they're saying, yeah, let's do that. Um, man, just compared to Microsoft when, you know, they were just like, hey, I'm going to talk for t- two minutes. Let's focus on games. It was just game, 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 game. The most they talked about anything else was a little bit of a uh, Halo stuff. Um, but they just cranked it out. And Sony did a little too much classic Sony of let's talk about our TVs and let's talk about our media partnerships. And, you know, I know the comic people seem to be excited about powers, but wow, that was just a real, real snooze fest. And it it really made the time between the game demos just drag and and kind of sucked the, the excitement out of it for me. Yeah, I I would agree with you, but I, I think that there's a distinction between, for me at least, between, um, the the content of of the press conferences and the delivery because I think Microsoft's delivery was far and away superior. It really was that machine gun of just game after game after game after game and and all footage and no talking and no downtime, which was fantastic. Um, but I I think Sony's content, what they actually showed, was was easily comparable. Um, they just did it in a as you said kind of uneven and often, you know, long gaps between the cool stuff. Um, so I, I thought they showed a lot of really awesome games as we've been talking about. It just didn't have the pace that Microsoft seemed to manage. Yeah. Microsoft was like as serious as a heart attack. Like I, I don't, I can't even recall a single attempt at a joke, let alone, you know, anything sort of happy or jovial. It was just, trailer, you know, trailer footage, trailer footage, demo, like we got to get back, you know, on track here. And Sony, by comparison, and it seemed a little unrehearsed, it seemed a little rough. So, you know, when Adam Boyd was up there, and I love Adam Boyd and what he's trying to bring to the platform, but like that whole letter shtick was really forced. Yeah. It was just like, come on, guys, like, let's, let's just show you great stuff. Like, why, why do you have to put on a little, a little show here? This is a press conference. It's not a, you know, comedy routine or, or an entertainment show. Yeah, it felt like uh, Microsoft had the eye of the tiger that Sony had last year. You know, they they came out and they went, um, we, we want to thank Nintendo and Sony. We're humbled this year. And here's all the co- cool stuff you guys want to see. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Sony kind of walked out and went, yeah, we got we were kicking butt. We've got TVs and all kinds of numbers. Look at all the numbers. The numbers are so big, you know, so. I think there's a little of that. Yeah, and and I think the other the other thing with Microsoft is they had more uh, they had more demos. Uh, just I think demos play better than just here's a trailer because most of them have leaked already by the time we get to the press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, and you know the little Big Planet three was really rough. It looked cool, but I, I think there was probably a latency problem on those TVs that that looked like latency, not just bad players. They wouldn't yeah. be bad players for the for the demo that looked like latency. But yeah, it was just it was just different, but. Uh, I also think Microsoft got the better, uh, cho- you know, pick of the litter out of the multi-platform games to show because you know the division that's also on Sony, right? Like, yeah, they got. I mean, it's also on Microsoft. More exciting. Yeah. yeah, Assassin's Creed is multi-platform, but they got to demo it, and and you know, Sony got Far Cry after it was already at Ubi. So, you know, it's just a little bit of a difference in who got what, and I think Microsoft threw more money at the partners. What would you say? is the game that you came away most excited about from, from anything we've saw today? 
Uh, I mean, for me, I'm still hyped on Destiny, and, and I'm looking forward to uh, trying the Alpha later this week and, and the Beta. Um, it's a toss-up just because of, you know, what I do, right? It was the Halo Collection and, uh, you know, Metal Gear. Uh, but the Metal Gear trailer I saw last night, so it wasn't yeah. pretty much a press conference surprise. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you calling in, Brian. Um, I know you're you're busy. I'll let you go. But, uh, dude, great to talk to you, and, and um, I appreciate you hanging out with us. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Good to uh, talk to you guys, and have a good uh, rest of the three. All right, thanks, Brian. Talk to you later. Later, Brian. All right, let's talk a little Microsoft. I'm going to, you know, open up the calls and we can bounce back and forth between things. But I just kind of want to, you know, get an overview. And then we'll talk about Ubi. We'll talk about EA. We'll talk about everything. We got, we got you know, time to delve deeper. But I just kind of want to get our over overview of the entire day. Um, as we've been talking about with Brian, the Microsoft conference was was this shotgun blast of of content. And I really actually loved structurally how they set it up and said, Here's a block of 2014, and here's a block of later than 2014. I think that really focused things on, like, this is what you can expect this calendar year, and then here's the sort of pie-in-the-sky stuff to look forward to later. Um, And I I wasn't expecting much for this calendar year, to be quite honest. But, I mean, if you go down the list, it's a lot of multi-platform stuff. But they started with Call of Duty, Forza Horizon, Evolve, Assassin's Creed Unity, Dragon's Age, Sunset Overdrive, that insane, insane DLC for Dead Rising 3 from Capcom, <laughs> which we should definitely talk about. Uh, it's now, did, now, right? Was yeah. It yeah. 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 We can go play um, it and talk about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dance Central, Fantasia, Fable Legends, I thought actually looked really strong. I was very surprised at how cool that game looked. Uh, and then they did Project Spark with the fun Conquer uh, surprise, you know, reveal thing. Uh, and then um, they had this Ori and the Blind Fortress, which I yeah. think looks really interesting and beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, they wrapped it up with the Halo Master Chief Collection and talking hey, and, a little bit and about Inside and Inside. Uh, inside was was part of the 2015 block, but yeah. Oh um, my bad. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It, oh man, Inside, which is the next game from the guys that did Limbo. Um, and Dan, I know, I'm sure you were buzzing about that game. Yeah, that and Ori were both like, oh, forget it. It's, we know, I, we already know. I've never been, it's never, I've never seen a trailer like that and want to play a game like that and then it let me down. You know what I mean? Like every single <laughs> yeah, one of those, so I just true. knew right away, it's going to be good. I don't, I, there's no question. <laughs> That's such a great way to put it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Those games deliver. I mean, Brothers, Limbo, Journey. Uh, flower, Bray. I mean, they're all great. They're never not great. So, <laughs> yeah, bring it. Dude, what, yeah. did, what did you guys think, Christian? What did you think of Fable Legends? Were you? I was really pleasantly surprised by that game. I thought the the idea of this dungeon master mode, where you know one player can lay down all the traps and kind of forge the uh, the the challenges for the other players, and then the the combat, which was I thought really looked really cool. One the girl like freezing that ogre and then the guy coming shattering it. I thought it looked pretty darn good. Yeah, I thought it showed particularly well. Um I do think that there's a trend in this year's E3 though, where a lot of people are, are putting a lot of developers are putting faith, they're trying to show their game, assuming that I have three other friends that I can play um cooperatively with on a regular basis like these game experiences look great and i want to play them but like i mean I, you and i don't sit down to board game night 
as often as we'd both like to, or you know what I mean? So I'm curious yeah. how Fable Legends plays as a single-player experience, or Far Cry or some of that. But I thought Fable Legends showed really well. I do these dumb, if you follow me on Twitter, you, you saw them, I'm sorry. Um, hashtag E3 fashion tweet, and I did one for um, David Eckleberry, who's the, the, I believe, the creative director of Fable Legends. Uh, and I said, David Eckleberry showing Fable Legends wearing promises that promises to be as good as Peter's past promises, he promises. And then he <laughs> replied, not sure how to parse out that sentence, but I promise I'll try. <laughs> and then him. he said his clothes his clothes were briefing approved and yes there is a review process though his briefs did not show <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool uh, to have him interacting and talking about just think about what everybody's wearing out there they have to get their outfits approved <laughs> <laughs> oh man there, there was a whole bunch of indies shown right after Inside actually um, in that montage sequence and there was one that I pulled out uh, and maybe you guys can help me remember the name of it. It was Cup something. Cuphead. Cuphead. Yeah. Oh, and it looks like, uh, yeah, Steamboat like Willie. Steampunk, Steamboat Willie. Yeah. Steampunk Willie. Yeah. It, that, that, and it rifled through a million other games that were like, oh, what's that? Wait, what's that? Like, the, yeah. they didn't have name. I was just, what is that awesome thing that they just heard for a split second? But yeah, Cuphead, just graphically, um, looked in, insane. I was kind of like, why, why have we not seen another game like that before? That's such a good yeah. idea. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I think I've told this story multiple times on various shows, but when I, I way back in the day, I bought a 3DO console. And one of the biggest reasons I bought it is because it came with a disc that had Batman the Animated Series on it. And I always fantasized about a, a video game looking like a cartoon. And the fact that I could play a cartoon on my video game system was like a seller for me. And this is literally a cartoon that that plays like a video game and I, I i feel like if that game had gotten more time uh we would all be talking about it way more because just that little snippet was so intriguing i want to know what that game is all about wait what what's wrong with uh dragon dragon's lair dragon's lair well yeah no those were that's why i plunked yeah. many right. quarters into those games yeah right, right. um what about can we talk about assassin's creed um blowing my freaking mind <laughs> can talk about absolutely that. blowing my mind i was now in so what way? just because of the massive crowds <laughs> no no not not at all i mean i when it, as it first started it did not blow my mind i was just going oh that's pretty and you know i've i always pick up assassins the new assassin's creed game i never i almost never finish them I, I make it so far in and then i feel the redundancy of everything and um and but yet I keep on being drawn in. But the world of going back to the French Revolution, it's they're all so similar. We've been in this stretch now where they're just doing subtle shifts in milieu as opposed to big leaps like they went from the first game to the second game. And I was so excited for that to happen and then disappointed when it didn't. And yet this game still blew my mind. Why? The freaking co-op situation. Yeah. The <laughs> that way might save Assassin's Creed for me. Just co-op. Now, now. Once again, we have to all keep in mind this was a very heavily guided demo. Though I will say, Assassin's Creed, uh, uh, beyond most games, tends to live... They do a good job of when you're playing it, it feeling quite cinematic and feeling close to um, what those guided demos usually play like. Um, But there are several things that we wouldn't be able to do in that in the way that they did in the game because they had foreknowledge of, oh, you definitely can just jump down on this guy right now and it will be good. It won't be. Whereas we would like be pacing back and forth. Not should I jump on the guy? Should I not jump on the guy? I, <laughs> you know, what I, what I wasn't sure of is like if, if one of the other players screws it up for you and like a yeah. chase ensues, is it, is it just them 
is that become a diversion for you or then are you in chase mode also um, well, the, there's in the chat room the guy brings up uh, a point too he says i don't like partners going up ahead and triggering scenes so there is a lot of tricky stuff if you think of the traditional assassin's creed gameplay there is a lot of ways that another guy in there could mess it up for you but hopefully they have ways around that yeah but that but beyond that it I love the idea of perhaps it's more of an open-worldy experience that has immersive or e- I'm sorry, emergent uh, co-op experiences. Um, and oh my god, that that could be really exciting if that is and what I think it is. Yeah. One of the things that I thought that was most interesting was that it seemed to be, and, and this is again, we're just judging this off of a, a little demo, but it seemed to look like there were. Uh, objectives placed in the environment rather than on your minimap. You know, traditionally in Assassin's Creed games, you're looking on your minimap to know, you know, where where you need to go for this or that. And it looked like it was they were placed out among the main screen there, uh, which I think would be a huge help in that game. So I'm not living in that minimap so much. Mm. But yeah, Ubisoft has gotten really good. Like started, I think it was like Splinter Cell, one of the past Splinter Cells, with that overworld screen overlay splinter cells had it watchdog has it the division looks like it has it now they're bringing it into assassin's creed and stuff like that that keeps you you know unless it's something like zombie U, right like on the wii u where you're supposed to look down into the gamepad into your backpack but i love things that keep you looking in the world and and experiencing the world versus pulling up your hud or going into your map and like unless that's supposed to build tension but the what they've been doing with their um you know, UI on top of things or their HUD, I guess, I think is really, really cool looking. Um, the other thing about uh, Ubisoft, I, I want I want to play games with the people that do their VO, like their friends playing. They're so great, right? It's like they're also helpful. Yeah, they yeah. pull up, wait, okay, oh, wow, this must be where most of that story took place. I see the blood on the ground. And they're like, they're giving details. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're playing with an awesome dungeon master. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. how I want to play my co-op. Wait, um, can- can, can I just uh, push you guys about uh, Call of Duty because I did not think I would be looking forward to another Call of Duty game either. Um, I don't. I didn't even play the last one, uh, and it just struck me while watching that that what usually you know what movies and 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 uh, books and other forms of media have really pushed us to innovate and think about. The future in certain ways, what Blade Runner did for us, what um, the books of of Asimov and Highland, right, but all that future thinking, like the Call of Duty games. I feel like this game, not the Call of Duty games, but this game felt like, oh, that's that's what that's what our future looks like. That's what the future of combat looks like. And if it if we don't already have those things now, some guy's going to see that and then create something sort of like i mean we do have Mm. i know we do have versions of those things of those drones and what have you but there were so many clever science fiction ideas in that um and it's like we can we can no longer like dismiss just that being as an action game like there are actually smart ideas in it um that uh that are beyond the excite excitement of the gameplay which i think did actually look quite fun um, as much as I'm sort of not into the first-person shooter thing anymore, uh, but I don't know. Did you not, guys? Not were you not impressed with the the smart grenade that changes? Like yeah. I feel like that. You that know, looked cool. I, I think I was surprised yeah. at how full-on sci-fi it was. 
You know, like mm-hmm. it, it didn't, it wasn't just like, oh, it's a half step into the future. And, and, you know, we're just, we're just embracing technology that people are just thinking about now. It felt like, oh, well, no, we're fighting the freaking matrix, you know, uh, what you call nanobot swarm. Yeah. yeah. That was rad. That was so <laughs> rad. That was so cool. And using the, you know, the door, you know, it's such a, that's such a grounded, I love that it's not, it's like the Halo games are so fantastical sci-fi um and this was still sort of grounded in the way we think about our military today and how combat is today um and even like comparing because we have jumpsuits in this game and we'll have wall traversal uh comparing that with the titanfall you know that this still is like there's a there's a grounded or nature to this um that makes it feel that much more immersive and feels like if i were in there as opposed to um just having a blast and it's just for funsies and you know yeah i'm i was impressed with it too and it's it's exactly the thing that i needed to make call of duty interesting Mm -hmm. to me again Mm -hmm. um so i'm excited i have a meeting to see more of it so hopefully i'll get hands on um but we're gonna get we're gonna do more calls we're gonna talk more games but i do need to thank our sponsor squarespace is making this show possible and uh we're really excited to be able to do this all week long squarespace is one of my favorite sponsors because i can talk from the heart from experience using them every day dan i know you use them uh and have used them for years squarespace is a fantastic place if you have any reason to create a website or any kind of online destination i highly recommend squarespace it makes it fast and easy to create your own professional-looking website. You can do portfolios. You can even make an online store really easily. They have simple, beautiful, effective designs that don't look like every other website on the web. Uh, they have awesome templates that you can start with, but customizing it is super easy. It's all drag and drop. What you see is what you get. Uh, you can just slide stuff over, move stuff around, make something really unique to you that looks really special and really beautiful. Uh, it's also really inexpensive. Plans start at only $8 a month. And if you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name with that. So it's kind of your one-stop shop for setting up shop online because they also have commerce. Online stores, every site comes with an online store should you need it. Uh, they have 24-7 support. So if you have any questions or problems that come up, you can get answers fast around the clock. And we will hook you up with a 10% discount. If you go to squarespace.com slash DLC and use the offer code Jeff sent me, that's J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, Jeff sent me, you'll get 10% off your first purchase and you'll show support for our show. You'll we'll be so grateful that you supported them because they're supporting us. You can start a free trial with no credit card required. So there's not even any possibility that they will charge you if you don't want them to. No credit card is taken at all. So it's completely free. And you can start building your website today without ever inputting a credit card unless you want to. Go to squarespace.com slash DLC. Use that promo code Jeff sent me. We really appreciate Squarespace's support and hope you support them in return. Um, okay, dudes. Back to this crazy show um let's before we before we hit the phones again which i want to do because we got a lot of people online on on hold here um let's talk a little bit about ea and uh ubisoft just to complete the sort of overview before we dig a little deeper um uh, ea which i thought really had the potential to uh to be the surprise best conference of the show 
I think they really whiffed big time. Um, there were some really cool things that they showed, but I was just shocked at how stuff seemed so far away. And they were showing these early prototypes and it seemed, pardon me, it, it seemed to me that they were just consigned to the fact that stuff was going to leak and they weren't going to be able to hold on to any secrets. And so might as well show stuff really, 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 really early. Like I've never seen that kind of early reveal before of just wireframes and concepts. Um, so the stuff that they announced was pretty cool, but it just seems like it's not even 2015. Some of this stuff, it's so far off. I mean, mass effect talking about, well, yeah, we're working on a mass effect. That's all we're going to tell you. And we're working on a new IP over at Bioware. That's all we're going to tell you. Um, We've got this crazy Criterion game that I'm dying to play, but it doesn't seem like it's anywhere near this year, next year, 2016, possibly. What do you guys think? Well, I got quite misty-eyed at that opening Star Wars uh, trailer. I, I think it had a lot to do with the specific cue that they used and then mm. the like researching the archival. Something about it just like uh, pulled me a little bit. Um, <laughs> But uh, and it, and it's and final moments with a little bit of footage and the swell was was quite nice. Um, so I, I loved seeing that. Uh, I yeah, the Bioware stuff was incredibly unimpressive, and um, especially that the new IP that they're working on and the footage that they showed with the, like the time lapse looked like the most generic. Every single game that looked, could have been Grand Theft Auto. Right. Like the Witcher. By the way, we didn't even talk about The Witcher and other things, but yeah, we'll 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 go there and deep dive. I'm sure. Um, well, what, what else? About, did he yeah, I know Mirror's Edge Two was I, I, is close oh. to your heart as it is close to mine. Yes. Uh, but boy, it's really uh, for a game that we know that we they've been working on for a long time. It just seems like that game is Dude. nowhere near coming that, out. Okay, you know how much I love Mirror's Edge. Yes. I I played through that game twice. I love that game. I could not be more excited for Mirror's Edge 2. Could not be more excited for Mirror's Edge 2 until they showed what they showed. I could not be less excited. I oh, no. First of all, what they showed could have easily been Mirror's Edge 1. I don't know. Right. I don't even know why they bothered showing. It could have been the test, you know, the um, step, you know, alpha of Mirror's Edge. Like, at, well, yeah. nothing looked different. Nothing they said was anything different than the original yeah there's um, this weird emphasis on sound design like it's like really you don't have anything to talk about other than how hard the punches are going to sound and right combat i, th I think the, the point of that was, was like the rhythm I, no, of Dan, that we got into a little twitter discussion about this i feel like <laughs> gunplay or not like mirror's edge i was never like here comes that sick combat part i love like i wanted to free run and avoid all combat and i'm really scared with the direction they're going with mirror's edge too but I think that I think that um, I thought the same thing when he first started talking. Then I reminded myself that oh yeah no no, no not he means combat not not the gun because the gunplay was a really frustrating. But the combat were these fun interstitial. You're running and then you have to slide underneath the guy and kick his nuts and then throw him around and then quickly <laughs> you know you they were always like parkoury fun the flow of combat. It was never like you're squaring off with the guy and fighting him. And I and when what they showed as he said that stuff. And why I think they talked about the sound design was to say that like there's a rhythm to the way that you fight. Um, yeah. So Stick I didn't move. get the uh-oh feeling from that. I just – sorry. Yeah. No, I was just saying it's a kind of like stick and move, you know? Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. I just – but and here's the other bummer, extreme bummer, is I feel like that first – kind of like Star Wars. That first game ex 
inspired so many other uh, game studios to make to iterate on the concept. And you know, I, we never saw Prey Two, but that was so exciting. But we we've now played Blink, um, we've played Titanfall, and and we're excited about Dying Light. You know, like there's so many other games that have taken advantage of what was really fun about Mirror's Edge, even a story of my uncle. You know, like and yeah. but then did something a little bit new because we already had that Mirror's Edge experience. Um, that now just getting yet another Mirror's Edge, but that's the same. Now, two years ago or three years ago, I would have been excited about that. Um, but for whatever reason, my my love for that has dried up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it was really a big bummer. But, but think, to go, go ahead. I, was gonna say, I think EA was a, a little bit of an interesting spot. I mean, I think um, Hardline getting leaked, you know, was a pretty big bummer for them. Imagine if that hadn't leaked and it they, the debut trailer, whatever, you know, there'd be people saying, oh, this isn't a real Battlefield game, whatever. It's like, here's a new Battlefield from the people that brought you Dead Space. By the way, there's a beta you can play right now. Like, that's a pretty sweet E3 reveal. And then the sports games, while, you know, us three, the three of us might not be super interested in EA sports games. I know, like, you know, Billy Berghammer and, like, David, like, you see these guys that are, you know, sports fans, hockey fans, like, this is amazing. NHL oh, that 15. NHL looked awesome. Yeah, like great graphics and the soccer game is a huge seller for them. Madden's a huge seller. Like there are people genuinely excited for these games. And then where I think EA also got hurt a little bit is they did show a lot of stuff that's really far away. But then some of their other things were also just shown, you know, they didn't save a lot for their press conference of like 2014 stuff. Um, And I think that's where it's interesting, you know, you know, Microsoft trots something out or they're saving something for Nintendo. I mean, for <laughs> Nintendo, yeah, right. <laughs> EA and Nintendo do not get along right now. Um, for Sony, where it's just this interesting relationship. But, um, and I don't know. I'd love to have seen more of these games looking closer to release, but at the same time, you got to take heart in knowing that they're invested in making these cool things, right? Like, that's the positive spin on it, that hopefully they're taking the time to do these right. Like, how long did we want a new Dragon Age? And that looks like it's going to be awesome. And I, I'm really excited about Dragon Age. I, I'm, I'm a huge Dragon Age fanboy, but, I, you know, I didn't think the way they showed that game was particularly effective. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think the Microsoft game's going to be awesome. showed it better than EA. I agree. I agree. Uh, I think Actually, I have a by question. far and away... Go ahead. Dragon Age did not excite me as much as I had hoped it was. And I'm wondering, Jeff, for you, has, has, has your new Dark Souls love infiltrated the way you see combat in video games now? Because Dragon Age, oh, yeah. what they showed, I did not have any sense of how that game actually plays. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the switching between characters is, is the one thing they want to emphasize a lot, which has always been a staple of that series. And um, and you can pause and and assign roles, so it's a you know it's a very different beast than that. But yeah, it didn't look particularly a different project beast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can transition to that if you want. I mean, Project Beast uh, might be my Great. biggest disappointment of, of yeah. so far, just Great. because like you already have in game animated gifs floating around the web. What's the point in not showing something? Like show that. I wasn't that, even sure if that was the same. Was that the same game? I mean, yeah, that's now it's now called the uh, uh, what Bloodborne. Yeah, if I didn't know, but if I didn't know, if I didn't see From Software in front of that, I would never in my mind have thought that's anything like Dark Souls. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's, you know, I mean, I could get off on a whole rant here about CG trailers because they're a double-edged sword. I mean, we, you talked about the good side of them, that Dead well, Island about the trailer. guided demos, by the specific, more than Right, and, but I mean, trailers. I think there's an artfulness to how these totally. CG trailers often debut their games, and, and yeah. there's a wonderful mood that's set, and, and they've become so effective at creating that. However, for example, why the hell did we even need a Mortal Kombat X fully CG trailer at all. That was announced last week. They probably spent a huge chunk of change creating that. For what? What did it show? What did it create? What mood did it set that was not effective in the gameplay stuff that they showed at Sony's press conference? Which was awesome, by the way. I gotta say, that was, I agree, Christian. I thought that was all, I'm so not a Mortal Kombat guy anymore, and I thought that looked really good. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm saying it yeah. looked good enough that it didn't need the, the CGI version. No, no, no. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I agree with you, too. I don't know. but And I feel like that's the same thing that we're talking about with, uh, with Project Beast. Like, what, what mood did that create for me that I wouldn't get by going, hey, the guys that made Dark Souls made a new game, and here's some gameplay footage. That would be so By the way, so effective. It, it didn't even say that. I mean, you, ha- you would have to know that from software, which we do, but, like, the trailer doesn't even... S- suggest frankly i think the trailer is the opposite i think it detracts because it what it showed was incredibly generic it, you know but but what i hope the game is is anything but and i and i also would never have taken away oh if i liked dark souls i will also like this game you know i right. just it just seemed like yeah it looked like resident evil or something yeah yeah exactly yeah all right, let's take a call. There's a bunch of people on, on hold here. I want to find out what people are buzzing about. We got Jeff lots needs, of games Jeff needs to calm down. He needs to take a breath. He needs to refresh <laughs> before we get into Rainbow Six. Let's take a call. Let's let Jeff cool down for a minute. <laughs> uh, who we got? We got uh, 631 on the line. 631, welcome to the show. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And uh, what are you talking about for E3? Hi, my name is Ken. I'm calling from Massachusetts. I actually just got back from, one of, from the PlayStation E3 experience. Uh, it was pretty interesting, but the Sony conference overall, I think, let me down. In what way? Um, it's just, I figured with them putting all this together that they were going to have some big announcement, some big reveal. I mean, they had some nice things that they showed off, um, you know, the game from soft and things, but maybe it just wasn't all up my alley particularly. Like, I was really hoping for maybe a Fallout 4 announcement. Um, maybe I was hoping for a new IP from Naughty Dog, even though I know it's probably too far out for that. But um, I don't know. I was just hoping for maybe a big drop the mic moment. I didn't really feel like I got that. Were there did any get- games that you were buzzing about? Anything that you did walk out of there going, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I have a PS4? Um, well, yeah, but mainly games I already had known about. Uh, like, you know, Destiny... Um, uh, I mean, showing at other conferences, the division and such. I mean, honestly, I think Microsoft, and I'm a, on the books as a Sony guy, and I think Microsoft probably impressed me the most. Uh, I, they honestly have me considering going out and buying an Xbox. I think, like, even though it was all CG, I think, uh, what was it, Scalebound? That oh, game yeah. looked amazing. And <laughs> and it might be also writing off my hype for wanting to see how to train your dragon too this weekend. But, you know, <laughs> I, I got really excited when I am teaming up with a dragon. <laughs> Absolutely, man. As somebody who ha- has seen How to Train Your Dragon 2, and you can see my review at youtube.com slash Kanata Jeff, um, and it does deliver. And uh, yeah, that, that's what made me think uh, I was reminiscing about that as well as I w- watched that trailer. But I also got a, a Monster Hunter vibe. 
totally totally yeah dan did you did you feel that as well yeah absolutely it looked like um you know, and even, I mean, frankly, it felt, by the way, plat, their Platinum Studios make that game? Platinum Games, yeah. So who, what's their background? Uh, they are a, I think they're now a, um, a Microsoft first, first party um, publisher, right? They did, um, oh God, what was the game uh, that, uh, who came out last year? It was really Man, what the heck was it called? They, um, they acted like they were a big studio. Like this was a big deal if they're making a new a game for them. Well, they're Bayonetta. Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2. Bayonetta, right, uh, yes. So they're not. I mean, they're set because Bayonetta 2 is Sega and it's coming to the Wii U. Um, I think they've kind of done a little bit here, a little bit there. But they're always kind of crazy and over the top and action-y. And I have right. no clue what the heck. Talk about not having any idea what that game is about. I was just like, here's a dude who put on Beats by Dre, now by Apple. Uh, and then suited up in a scale armor and then killed this big thing. And then I hear uh, Qui-Gon Jinn saying, there's always a bigger fish. And then a bigger thing shows up and then they zoom around. And then I Yeah, but know. those big things were so cool looking. Cool looking no, big I, I definitely got the Monster Hunter or uh, Shadow of the Colossus or, you know, per- perhaps even Witcher. You know, like uh, the, what I do, what I thought we would see more of that these sort of hinted at for me and No Man's Sky is like this, like this too I thought this year we would see more inspired by roguelikes and um, procedural. Like when you go on Steam right now, I feel like the hot games are procedural roguelikes and the Daisy clones. Right? Yeah, There's like well, that's five what all the indie studios are doing. <laughs> What's that? That's what all the indie studios are doing. Right. I I guess so, but I thought that like. The way that other smaller games have then infiltrated the AAA title, even there's there's quite a few now emerging co-op experiences that I think came from the Demon's Dark Souls stuff. You know, I I really felt like AAA studios would, and I think that these the those games, Witcher, Scalebound, and like those are all kind of taking an angle on that in a AAA way. But I really thought we would get more of that. um, As I the Daisy right, there's Daisy Forest. uh, dead like whatever you know. There's like yeah, the, uh, the new stomping ground, the one with dinosaurs. You know, I thought we would see something that's more experiential and like throwing you into this setting and then see if you can survive. Um, and and nothing really took that the way I anticipated it it would. But Scalebound does look badass though. Interesting. Um, let's take another call. Uh, we got. Four one three. You're on the line. What? Uh, where you're calling from? What's your name? And what are you buzzing about? Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm calling from Massachusetts. How you doing, man? What are you buzzing and about for E3? Hear me? Yeah. Um, I am. Uh, I'm really excited to have seen the uh, Witcher Three gameplay. Like a solid. It's like a four or five minutes from the Witcher Three. Yeah, uh, that is basically my most anticipated title right now. Yeah, I think that uh, I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was the game I was buzzing about most last year. And the thing that uh, CD Projekt Red seems to know really well is how to show their game. They get that it's a big, long, meaty, deep experience, and they show you something that that suggests the breadth and depth of what you're going to be doing, the action moments, but 
it gives you a sense of scale, which I think they do so well. Last year at E3, they showed a really long demo, which was very unlike what everybody else was doing. I think it was a whole hour of them just playing the game. And this year they're doing the same thing. I'm really excited for my meeting with them to see more of that. But even in the press conference, showing The Witcher 3 this way, I think was so effective. And man, that Griffin takedown and then having it as the trophy as he's walking back to town. Oh, I'm so in on that. Agreed. Uh, Christian, what did you think? Are you, are you going to play? Did you play Witcher 2? No, those games, Witcher 2, I, oh man, I uh, I bought it once, left it unopened and returned it. I, it. It's so tantalizing to me, but I don't think I have the time to invest. When Every time I stumble into a game like that, I get into it, then I put it down for a week or two because I move on to something else, then I come back to it and I'm completely lost and I have to re-pick yeah. it up and kind of relearn the skills. And I'm just accepting more and more as a gamer that, unfortunately my current lifestyle doesn't allow me the time to play games like that i think it looks amazing i love that you know so many people are excited about it i think you know what the project red guys do is incredible and especially they drop these huge games and then they don't put drm on them <laughs> uh and man the world looks great it looks beautiful when that game started i thought i honestly thought i know we had seen stuff before but i thought it was a trailer and then they went into playing and uh Pretty incredible. And the Griffin design, they have such great art design in those games, and it looks like it's continuing in, in Witcher 3. And also, what a ladies' man, am I right? Who he'll be back later for some potions. We know what you mean, buddy. <laughs> well, Christian, if you've I played totally, The Witcher. I, I totally agree with you, Christian, about um, that, that very specific experience when you um, find a game hard to get into and then disappear from it. And then when you bring, come back, it's completely confusing. You almost want to start from the beginning, but then that's too much, and it can be overwhelming. But I... I feel like this doesn't. What and what is that? Is that generally RPGs? Is that what you're saying? You want to accept that you're not. Yeah, I mean, anymore. It's 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 like the big worldy RPGs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a Super Mario RPG. I can get into something like that. Something that's smaller and lighter, a little more streamlined. But I feel like The Witcher, especially, I'll be going off on a quest or like Skyrim. Man, that yeah. <laughs> I just I wander off somewhere away from the main quest, and I kind of forget my through line of what I'm doing or what I'm going to collect or why I was interested in getting these pots in the first place to upgrade this perk. Um, and then I try to respect my character, and I just. Have yeah. accepted the fact that those games aren't for you. me. A little more. Well, The Witcher, focused. The Witcher right. is traditionally much more focused than, than a Bethesda game. Although this one is reportedly much more open than previous Witchers. So who knows? So what what has me excited about this one um, is that m- perhaps it's very different from from those games we're describing. And I I was more jazzed the idea of like this is open world that exists and there's these giant. I was hoping for the more Shadow of Colossus Monster Hunter vibe from this game where I can just go on these hunts and track down. And the game well, I think is, you can. I think that's what I they're showing. I hope that's not the side game. I hope that that's the, the main game. You know, well, I, I think hope that it's yeah. a little of both. I think it's a little of both. It's like you, can, you have to do some on the main game, but you can get really invested in it and, and you know, do it on the side game as well. That's what the I sense see. I get at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. What, can you guys, do you have any affinity for Phantom Dust? Oh, from back in the day. Because um, I didn't understand what, what that was. That's an old Xbox One game, right? Christian, did you play it? Uh, yes, and I, honestly, anything I'd say about it would be from when I pulled up the wiki because I know my friend Adam had it, and he dug it, and I was like, cool, bro. <laughs> Just, you know, at the time, it wasn't for me, but he, he loves it to this day. He will swear it up and down that it was just phenomenal. 
Yeah, what? I mean, it, it was a it was an old um, Xbox One game and a Sega Saturn. No, no, it was. Uh, I'm reading what's uh, I think the guy who did Panzer Dragoon for Sega Saturn, right? So uh, you know, it's this is something that has faded into my memory as well, um, and it really kind of went over like a lead balloon in the room. <laughs> so oh, really, okay, yeah. yeah. It, you know what's so crazy is how in just a few years. Japanese development has become such a side note at E3. It used to be, what's the big reveal? Is it going to be a Final Fantasy? Is it going to be some other Japanese role-playing game? And now those games are just not even mentioned. Just, I find so crazy. But Well, I think they're mentioned, but I think they've moved also, right? I mean, it's... it's um the new from software game it's uh the new platinum game it's still metal gear had that i watched the metal gear trailer last night but had i not um ruined the surprise for me i think that was a amazing trailer i'm a little scared how much he's fetishing that knife though in the trailer <laughs> yeah shines that's gonna be i have feeling that game is going to be brutal um i mean i think they're still doing great things i think just it's not the traditional like square wasn't on anyone's stage tonight i guess technically they were but it was a tomb raider right yeah man let's talk about that for a second though heck yeah holy crap i mean as much as i love the first tomb raider uh this this could not be more welcome a sequel and the way it was revealed was cool and i love how they seem to be treating laura like batman you know, we got the Batman Begins Tomb Raider, and now we're getting the rise of Tomb Raider, which I think is a cool title. I I think it's really seeing her become her true self. And if you played through that first one, you know where you got to at the end. I could not be more excited about that game. Well, but again, 2015 or later. I could not agree with you more, and I thought that was such an incredible trailer and so well done. Though, I am usually the defender of uh, titles. Um it's so funny that you cite this as a good one because I thought this was such a such a poor title, given that the first game is called Tomb Raider. Yes. So then this is called oh. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Well, she she's Tomb Raider, but she's low. She needs to rise. <laughs> like I she's unleavened. Should have been called something else, and then this is called Rise of the Tomb Raider, and the third game is called Tomb Raider. You know what I mean? Like it seems <laughs> yeah. so odd. But I mean, I like the title in a vacuum. It just seemed like a weird where place to go after you called the movie, right? Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and then you know, The Dark Knight Rises. Not, uh, you know. <laughs> All right, well, we're gonna Batman. Ba- about Batman it. has risen. I don't know. Actually, I guess I'm I'm screwing myself up with that analogy. Aren't can I? we uh, can we hit Ubisoft for a little bit and then uh, yeah, let's, dance let's, around because it's the conference we haven't touched on yet. And I know Jeff, let's do it. You're interested in Rainbow, and I, man. And we talked about them for third parties. I think, and, and Dan, you were saying about the effectiveness of trailers and vertical slices. I don't think anyone, maybe Rockstar, puts together an effective trailer or vertical slice like Ubisoft. I say it time and time again. I want games to be as good as Ubisoft trailers. Phenomenal. They get me hyped every time, and I rarely like their games. But I love their trailers. <laughs> well, what you're talking about Rainbow Six siege uh in particular rainbow six Six siege uh i think was a a a very effective demo for the type of game that i think that they're representing to be but i think the assassin's creed trailer is incredible the far cry trailers that they've shown are incredible the division 
I think they're doing themselves a disservice because that trailer looks so phenomenal. There's no way a game can look that good. Holy (laughs) crap, that looked amazing. Yeah, I agree with you about the division, and it only looked continually to look uh, impossibly good. Um, But I think that my favorite trailer that they showed may have been the crew. I loved that the crew trailer. I thought the the mood, the way it showed, it just like kind of had that speed ramped. uh, driving from coast to coast thing and the music that they were using and the fact that they were literally showing the actual game. I, I, I just thought that was so effective and creating such a great tone. Nobody agrees yeah. with me. No, I mean, I, I think see it. part of me uh, is a little scared of it. Cause I feel like that time-lapse type movie thing is, is a way to hide what could be a janky frame rate for a racing game, which I think is pretty important. I know, um, drive club for Sony, they're saying they doing it 30 intentionally or whatever. Um, but you know, it looked janky because intentionally, but I feel like a game like that, I'd love it to be buttery smooth. Um, and then that game too, much like the EA Criterion, whatever game they're going to call it, I always get a little nervous on racing games where it's like off-road and on-road or helicopter or ATV as a Criterion game leads you to believe where they won't, there'll be a, a, a jack of all trades and a master of none and you'll be going across the country, but Parts of it won't control well or feel well or you'll feel like you're ill-equipped. I'm hopeful because I would I love the idea of going New York, you know, to San Diego um, in that. But the, the trailer, aside from having great music and a cool um, lighting, like Instagram filter put over the whole thing, didn't show me a game that I'm excited about. Because I don't know what you mm. do. A two-hour race? Is that, did that get you excited? You're going to be racing for two hours? Like who, who's yeah. going to do that? It's not really my game either, but I, th- I thought the trailer was nice. <laughs> I know, I know, Dan, you didn't get a chance to see the Ubi, but you should go back and watch it. It's pretty interesting. There's a couple of other things I want to mention before we get to the, the Big Daddy, and that is uh, Valiant Hearts, The Great War, which oh I just love. I love, I love the fact that this game exists. It's a, it's a 2D, looks like uh, hand animated, uh, very serious, very doer, very. Uh, it's, it seems to be taking itself very seriously, uh, and it's about. World War II, and it's based on letters that were written in World War II, and um, I just out, love the fact that this out, game right? exists. What's that? Isn't this this is a game that's out now, right? Is it out? I don't know. Um, I, I like that it exists, and I like that they gave it time at their conference. I thought that was just super classy, and it, it looks really special. Uh, and then the other game that I thought was surprising was Shape Up, uh, which is a gamification of of fitness but like extreme gamification it's like wacky crazy you doing weird stuff and i just i thought it looked fun i thought it it was exactly what i wanted out of xbox fitness like yeah let me freaking track my score but make me do push-ups while i'm doing it i thought it was cool yeah i think the demo looked cool too it looked like you know uh live action rock band meets the big piano from the movie big where they did like little stepping thing yeah i don't think it's you know you're not going to go from you know, Jared from Subway, you know, these were my old, like, just by playing that game, but I think it Why looks not? like... Why not? You could. Well, it, it, it's freaking making you active. That's all that matters. Right. It's a good first step. I, yes. And I think it looks cool, and hopefully it looked pretty responsive, too, which is which is nice. Everything worked well. I don't know quite know why Aisha kept throwing digs at him uh, as he was trying to <laughs> demo the game, but... As Atlas Shrugged 80 says in the chat room, geeks and sneaks, baby. That's um, right. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Rainbow Six Siege because I got into a massive Twitter discussion with many, many people over it. Um, and, you know, I, I can understand people's excitement about that game. It certainly looks incredible in a lot of ways, all the destructible environments, the, the, the way that you can 
really plan your own assault into this building. All of that just technically looks staggering. I found the tone of the trailer that they showed, the presentation that they showed, to be really off-putting and kind of disturbing. And I, I it really rocked me. Uh, and I, and I, you know, I probably reacted too quickly on Twitter as one does, but uh, you know, I, I, I remain steadfast in my feeling that the tone was really inappropriate for that press conference. And there was this strange disconnect between what they were showing and the tone that the players were playing. And it disturbed me. What was the, yeah. Okay. So the idea of this rainbow six game, at least uh, the multiplayer they showed, and they said it was pre alpha. So this is a game that's again, pretty far off, Mm. but is that one team is uh, holding a hostage and the other team is rescuing that hostage. I think there were Uh, several hostages, right? Or was it just, I thought there was more than one. I got the impression there was only one, but I could be wrong because uh, they kept saying the hostage, but I could I could be wrong. Anyway, uh, the issue really comes. It was the, the hostage is this young woman. And the way that the, the presentation started is that we come in on one team looking through their sort of snooping uh, camera uh, drone or whatever and scoping out the location that they're going to infiltrate, right? And the woman who is the hostage, who is a non-player character, but is this frail not frail but you know just a a nice looking innocent little girl in a tank top um turns and sees the camera and runs over to it and goes please please help me save me right which establishes really high stakes and makes the scene very serious and meanwhile all the terrorists let's call them what they are these guys in masks who are holding this woman hostage ostensibly other players are boarding up windows or preventing people from getting in are are you know in gameplay terms making their you know their the area that they're in more secure mm. so she but she turns to this camera and she pleads with it right to save her and then they they infiltrate the building and start killing people gruesomely as as we do in video games uh, and then they grab her and she's used as this object. I mean, she's really is a flag in capture the flag. And at one point you hear through this whole thing, you hear the players, these actors who are pretending to be the players talk about what's happening. And at one point they say, Oh, I lost the hostage. And then the guy goes, it doesn't matter. Just keep going. And the whole thing is, is played. So such a tonal misstep, in my opinion, it felt so disturbing that they were, they were treating this, thing that had been established as a human being in such a cold sociopathic way. Uh, and I know we're in the realm of video games where we do horrible things all the time and ultra violence is a, a staple. I just felt like this particular thing and the way it was handled, the, the disconnect between the morality system that seemed to the game seemed to be wanting the people to play as. And then the, the way that they presented the players dealing with that, right. it, it, it really disturbed me. Yeah, it's a it's a very modern problem, isn't it? Like because of the fidelity of graphics and fidelity of storytelling in video games now that we would finally witness like this odd disconnect between what we're what we've been doing forever um, with like oh now that it feels more real it it can be quite off but you know that because if, if it's Halo. You know, and you're trying to save an alien creature that's hostage, or not that you ever do that in Halo game, I'm not a moron, but I'm just saying, you know, like tonally, that doesn't feel funky, but the fact that they're, you know, 
This is right. stuff that I'm sure I'm imagining what this new Tom Clancy ring, but you know, I'm envisioning it looking well, like, you know, it Call seems Duty. to be, it seems to want to evoke a real sense of stakes and a real sense of emotion. And yet what they showed the way that it was handled was right. in direct opposition to that. It was like, yeah. pick, you got to pick one or the other, either your game wants to create a real sense of drama or it's just a flag, and and it's more like Gears of War. We're but using to be a clear, beat shield and ha ha ha. To be clear, you're 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 talking about the way it was presented. That the I'm talking the, the I'm, my actors. Is, yeah, the, I haven't the played voice the game. acting in the game. Isn't saying that you're seeing the voice actors of the of the people controlling it at the demo. We're saying what that. I'm judging is what they showed me. I haven't played the game. I don't know how it's handled in the game. No, 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 no but I'm saying the guy who said, off. "Come on, doesn't matter." That was a that was a demo person exactly. Controller but it was a hand. choice that the. Ubisoft people made to present that game. That's right. how they presented it. Right. Was, was they those people weren't just right. riffing. You know what right. I mean? And and I felt that was really disturbing. Not not to mention the fact that it was a this the only female in the demo, and she was cre- treated like this object that was, mm. you know. And and also I should mention this was in the context of literally a couple of miles from my house today. All day, there was right. a man on a rooftop with a rifle, and there were cops everywhere. Um, so, you know, and, and obviously we don't have to talk about how these things happen in the real world, but it was so realistic and so jarring and yet handled with such a flippant attitude. I just felt it to be yeah. really disturbing. But now – but just to be super clear, if you and I were playing this game – we might be riddled with excitement of we got to get this girl out of exactly. here. It might be really credit. effective. Right, yes. right. It, it might create a sense of drama that, and a sense of realism and a sense of, oh, my God, I'm, I, right. I have to save this woman. Although yes. I, I do have to say that the idea that we might also be forced or choose to play the other side where what do we – how do we win by – Killing the – uh, Yeah, it, capturing her for a long period of time. I don't know. I mean that's a little disturbing. Know. But setting that aside, yes. uh, it, it might really be effective except for the fact that it was treated in the most – Got it. I found to be repugnant way. But Got it. Got it. Anyway, you don't have to talk about that too much, but did you want to comment, Christian? Well, I just wonder if you think, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, I, I'm, um, but I also feel like, you know, maybe it is the fidelity like Dan was saying, but I feel like games, fortunately or unfortunately, have been doing this for a long time with games like Counter-Strike and, and other, and even I think other Rainbow Sixes have had hostage modes. I, I may be confused. I know... Um, the Sony siphon filter games did, oh, um, and you know they were picked up and they were real people and pleading and whatever. Um, and I also think you've had this in cinema for a long time. I mean, Liam Neeson, you know, rebuilt his action career playing this type of role, where apparently he has a particular set of skills, but one of those skills isn't keeping his family safe in the first place. It's only going and getting <laughs> them back afterwards. Um, he didn't want her to go. Like nonchalant dialogue, about, you know, in jokes and those types of movies also, even though Taken is a little more serious of a film. Um, I, I wonder if you'd feel better, Jeff, if this was a whole family being taken or if there wasn't that plead into the camera. Because I, I think it is. It, it, it's interesting, like, you know, if you're playing as the terrorist character, do you think about what you're doing when you're picking up this human being and using her or him or whoever the hostage is as a shield to help you win a game. But then again, if you look at, um, and I think John Davidson and and Garnett, I believe talked about this on the podcast, they do too, but like Battlefield Hardline where, you know, that you're, you're out there killing cops and, and today they were showing that on stage at a press conference as a guy was driving around Los Angeles and then running around and standing on a roof 
And the same day that two cops were killed in Las Vegas by a couple. I mean, literally today, two cops were murdered in Las Las Vegas and the same. It's yeah, there, there, there is a complicated set of feelings that I have about that. And I I don't know how to parse them, to be honest. Right. I guess that's what I was going to say is I don't think you're wrong. And I think it's good to have these discussions. I, I don't think Ubisoft was certainly going for you know, that level of realism. But if it happens and we get discussions and we take things to a more mature intellectual level with games, I think that's all well and good. But I also think, you know, people tried to have conversations like this to some extent when GTA came out and it was like, you know, you can kill a hooker and and take her money or whatever. And those were things that you were doing to a video game real person also. And I think ultimately the problem isn't necessarily the video game. It's the people playing it and how they walk away with it. Well, that's my exactly my point. That's exactly my point here is that there was this strange dissonance between the thing I was watching that seemed to be trying to evoke emotion from me and the, and the way that I was being presented right. players playing it yeah. like well, Ubisoft way- was, was, was playing the, was, was showing me the players playing it in such a disturbing manner that it didn't seem like they could care a whit about what they were seeing on, on the screen, which right. was so evocative to me. You didn't, you didn't have a problem with battlefield because it wasn't, presented to you in this way while the games may be similar subject matters i I think if i if i can like i think you're not criticizing the game as much as you are the way it was presented because there's a variety of games right so that's the difference between you know it's not the game's fault it's 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 how they chose i thought the presentation was discordant and repugnant frankly yeah Yeah. i thought i thought their choice to do it that way to show it that way was really poor anyway uh we talked about that plenty now uh, let's uh, let's take a call and find out what people more are more excited about. We got somebody on the line from six oh three. What is your name? Where are you calling from? And what do you want to talk about? Hello, hello, six oh three. You're on the air. Oh, hey, it's Alex from uh, Keene, New Hampshire. Um, let's see. Uh, I was really blown away by uh, The Witcher three. I feel like that uh, this was really the first time that I saw some real gameplay and. I feel like the the scope just looks incredible, and I mean, man, like I played the, the second one, but not the first one, and I feel like just on next gen, it will completely blow everyone away. And also, I feel like it almost had like a uh, sort of Red Dead Redemption feel in the sense that mm. there were sort of these events and just like sort of it seemed like they were uh, um, procedurally generated, sort of like uh, you know, like creatures kind of going around and like things to do, and I was just really blown away by that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I think that's a really interesting way to frame it is that it really may be more akin to uh, Red Dead Redemption than it is akin to previous Witcher games. I mean, I think that's the direction that they're going is to have this vibrant, emergent world where, yeah, you may be on your quest to do one thing, but there's something else that pulls your attention away. And I know, Christian, you expressed a frustration with those types of games because they feel less focused. But for me, that makes the world feel much more alive and interesting where I can be my curiosity can be scratched. You know, I love and that. a place that you want to spend time in. Yeah. 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 Fantastic point. Uh, and a good call. Thanks for calling. Uh, we got another call on the line from four, one, two. What is your name? Uh, where you're calling from and, and what game got you excited? Hey, this is AJ from Pittsburgh. I actually just got home not too long ago from the E3 experience 
uh, that Sony put together in the movie theaters around the country. Uh-huh. And uh, I just want to say, like, like that was a really cool way to experience a press conference because, uh, you know, I've always watched them at home with, like, my brothers and stuff. But it was cool to be kind of, like, in a big theater full of people and uh, just kind of getting, like, that cold energy from the room. The, uh, the, 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 the stream was really good in there, except there was one time it glitched out. The only time it glitched is as they were building to the announcement of Grim Fandango. <laughs> and that is my absolute favorite game. So as I started like piecing together and I'm like trying to read the note, even though like the screen was all pixelated and messed up, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Oh my God, they're good at 15 years. It's been that long. And they announced it. And I just like screamed in the middle of this theater that they were announcing that remake. I, I was so excited for it. Oh, what an epic moment, man. I'm gr- grinning ear to ear just hearing about it. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the experience. Was, was the, the theater packed? Did you have to buy tickets to it? Um, were people talking back? Was what, what was it like? Uh, yeah, they, they, uh, it was free to get in. You just had to pre-register on a website Sony set up. Um, so you showed up, you got a badge that had a code on the back that we didn't know what it was for. So, um, you know, they just streamed the conference. It was probably the same stream everyone else saw just in the theater. The crowd was totally into it. There was, um, you know, applauding after every trailer, some, you know, a lot of chuckles when they made their little connect dig uh, during the show. Yeah. After the uh, conference itself was done, we got like an exclusive 30 minute um, um, package put together. Like Jeff Keeley interviewed uh, different developers for a lot of the games, uh, the ba- Batman guys, the Battlefield guys, mm-hmm. uh, Destiny developers. And at the end, they revealed that the code we got is actually getting us um, into the Battlefield hardline data. It gets us into oh, the wow. one week destiny alpha that starts on thursday a 30-day sony music unlimited trial and a five dollar psn code that's pretty darn good i would say um i want to talk a little bit about grim fandango but first i think he brings up an interesting point about it's something that uh, i tweeted out today and or actually retweeted from somebody else but um it really got me thinking I, i i feel like this year even more than any previous year the focus is not at all about the people who were there. <laughs> it was really about these live streams. It was really a a television show for all intents and purposes for the folks at home. And uh, I think this is all part of the sort of disintermediation of video games. And I don't know, E3 may become unnecessary. I think we, those of us that actually went to the conferences were much more just a studio audience than we were the the people who needed to carry the message out from, you know, traditionally these media events are about talking to the media as one group, showing them your wares and having them kind of take that message out to readers uh, or viewers. And that's not necessary anymore. They don't need us for that. Uh, and it used to be about talking to, you know, the the GameStop representatives who were in charge of deciding what they were going to buy this year and all that stuff. All that stuff is unnecessary. It's It's literally just a show now. And I'm wondering if you guys think that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like during Microsoft's, it was interesting to see that how many presenters were playing to the cameras even versus playing to the live audience. There was a shot, I'm trying to remember which presenter it was, but, you know, he was standing so that the audience had, the live audience back was was to this presenter and he was just dead-eyed into a camera and presenting to this bigger world. And, you know, I was watching mostly on Twitch, which I have to commend Twitch for, you know, I switched over once in the Sony press conference, but kudos, at least for me, uh, my experience, Twitch was great, seamless, uh, really awesome streaming all day. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. 
But, you know, even leading into the press conferences, and I think Keeley said this or Major Nelson, too, on a pre-show was like, and all the fans have filed into the Galen Center for and it's like, you know, that's what it is now. It, it It's a I think we talked about this before, Jeff, where I see these now as pep rallies more so than press conferences. And I think they still serve that role. And, you know, you guys all look I wasn't there, but everybody in there looked cool with their little green glowy wristband and clapping and whatever. And to some extent, I think the less journalists you have in there and the more fans you have in there, the more rocking it will be. And, and that's the message you want to put out. You're spending the millions of dollars to put these things on. Yeah, make it toot your own horn. Go crazy. Make it a party. There's no need to have a sourpuss journalist sitting back there with their arms crossed being like, not impressed, seen it, leaked, played it already. Like, get your message out. Pump up the jams. You know what I mean? Turn down for what? (laughs) (laughs) Turn down for what? Indeed. Uh, I don't know how to follow that. Uh, Let's, we got, we got one of our uh, super fans, one of our frequent callers on the line. So I'm going to go, uh, Talk to him. Eight five zero. Is this Matthew? Yes. How's it going, uh, buddy? I good. The e games I am interested in uh, evolve, which you guys haven't talked about yet, but that's been known for a while. Witcher three, obviously for PC, and No Man's Sky when it does come for PC, but it will come for PC. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk about Evolve a little bit. That's a, that is one we haven't talked about. Uh, Dan, what did you think of of Evolve? Are you excited I, for that game? I think we're all we're not. We didn't talk about it because we had seen so much of it before. Um, they showed a it, new monster. It, yes, those monsters did look very cool. By the way, um, they they I love how they aren't um, uh, so samey samey. You know, they they did. Yeah. I mean, they they felt a little Cthulhu inspired. They felt like a Del Toro kind of monster, which is cool. It didn't feel like the kind of monster um, that was in a Left 4 Dead game, for instance, or just like, I don't know. They, they felt less generic. Um, I'm excited for it because it's it's a unique um, kind of game experience. I, I, I mean, though probably similar to Left 4 Dead, but uh, as long as playing as that monster is super fun and not the mode that nobody wants to do, um and by all accounts it is and you're the monster Mm -mm. you play as a monster here i'll plug your controller into the back and you'll be the monster (laughs) um then i think it 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 could be really rad i you know i like that it's a different kind of game yeah uh yeah i think that having multiple monsters is going to be awesome uh they're already shown multiple of the of the hunters um i've played a lot of that game and and i think that's probably why it doesn't come up at the top of my head right away because i feel like oh yeah i know that one let's talk about the ones i don't know but it does look very cool and i think it's going to be a solid solid experience um for a lot of people uh and i think he's right i think matt's right that the no man's sky will come to pc um but man i I don't if it's coming to ps4 first i ain't waiting that game looks so special so special jeff can do you know with evolve is there an emerging co-op experience with that or do you have to like start a match with friends or can you be playing by yourself and then suddenly you're joined by you know another gamer no, i think or... i think uh, the matches really won't work unless they're all filled uh it really is four on one so um i think it's going to be like left for dead where you can start with your friends or it'll fill in the rest of your team but there has to be one of each class and you can select multiple them from the multiple variations of that class and each character in that class has slightly different skills and stuff um 
but you you do need one medic, you need one assault, you need one yeah support and all that stuff. Um, um, let's take another call. We got six six one. You are on the line. Uh, wh- what's your name? Where you're calling from? And what are you excited about from today? Uh, I'm calling from Bakersfield, California. Boy, I can't understand what he's saying. Are you guys getting any of that? Nope. No, no. Someone's yelling sorry, in the buddy. background, though. Um, yeah, go help whoever's uh, in trouble back there. Yeah, please. <laughs> please go help who's ever in trouble. Um, let's go to uh, 920. Uh, what is your name and where are you calling from? Hello? 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 You are on the air. Hey, what, Jeff, what do you want to talk about? Alex from... Uh, I just wanted to talk about how excited I was for the new Battlefront. Oh, yeah, Star Wars, um, right? It just yeah. seems like... Yeah. I mean, we've been waiting for... I mean, the last game came up for, what, PS2? And now we finally got a name drop. Well, I mean, we all expected it to come out, but... I guess I just wanted to join Christian on the hype train for the new Battlefront. Choo-choo. Yeah, no joke, dude. I'm on oh, that hype train is. as well. I, I think uh, that the the graphics of that game looked photo real. They looked real. I mean, that that speeder bike chase that they showed at the end, and they're like, "Oh, this is you know early." I'm like, "It it's real. It's." Uh, it doesn't get better than that. I, I was blown away by that little bit that they showed. Dan, you got yeah. my back on that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I don't know about photo reel, but uh, but darn good. And um, I think what what is intriguing to me is one that it is not another Battlefront game. It's not a sequel. It's not the next one after the ones that they have already made. They've specifically said it's a reboot, um, and. With Amy Hennig, right, and she's doing the story, Amy Hennig, from the Uncharted games, uh, which is interesting because the other Battlefront games were, had no story from my recollection. They were just the, the battle sequences, right? Yeah. So, well, I, I, don't going, think, I think she's working on a different Star Wars game than ba- Battlefield. But, you know, I or thought so too, but before the, um, once again on the Spikes coverage with Keeley interviewing whomever, um, uh-huh. they mentioned, that's when they mentioned it's a reboot and that Oh. Something with Amy Hennick's name. I, now maybe there was confusion there because I agree with you. I didn't. I didn't expect that. And I also, once again, I thought that that's sort of what's interesting to me now is I thought the Battlefront games were traditionally just like you're playing a battle sequence, no frills. You know, you're just doing it. You're in there um, fighting. And this, to, for there to be a storytelling aspect to it, um, kind of intrigues me. I, so, I think. I think those are different. I think it's uh, okay. Yeah, my understanding, and I would love to be proven wrong because this would mean that we'd get that game with a story sooner than later um but i'm, I'm pretty sure there are different games and i don't know i think we're getting them both later yeah probably <laughs> probably i didn't see you okay. know the interview you saw dan but I, yeah. maybe they were just poorly constructed sentences i think it's like we'll get this game <laughs> first and then like uh you know two years from now like when you do your star wars movie that i'm announcing right now because i want to lobby to make it happen um, you know, that's next, right? Like then right. that's like episode eight is Dan Trachtenberg joint. Oh, I'm you mean me doing that. it? I thought you were talking to the, the ubiquitous you. 
Um, yes, right, <laughs> sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be. I, I, the one thing I was thinking about that Star Wars game is that that game will probably be done just about the time that Episode Seven comes out, and it'll be like, oh, hey, we'll go play the original trilogy Battlefront. You know, it'll it'll be it'll feel a little weird because everybody would be all excited about all Episode Seven stuff. You I know? just got a text that says that was Packer saying that about Battlefront. He was confused. Oh, so there you go. You got a Pactor. you got a text from Pactor. Yep, yep, me and Pactor. Not the first time Pactor has been confused, I will say. We're making a Star Wars knowing, episode knowing eight together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, well, episode 7's coming out soon, so I mean, we, have a, yeah. we have a date on that. This game is undated as of now. In- indeed, uh, like yeah. me in high school. Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a call from 865. 865 area code, uh, you are on the line. Thanks for holding. What is your name, where are you calling from, and uh, what are you excited about? Uh, my name is Nicholas Clark. I'm calling from Tennessee, and I'm going to go on just a very quick little monologue, and I'll let you guys have the show. I'm so glad to actually be able to make it on the air. I've loved you guys since we've been confirmed, and keep up the good work. Thanks. Um, first of all, I'd like to just throw this out. I hate all the betas. <laughs> I like complete products, and the betas are just kind of irritating and concerning to me. And the thing that I'm really excited about, though, coming out of this is color. And I know that sounds weird, but I was listening to the Co-Option podcast, and they were talking about how as graphical fidelity gets better, everything seems to get darker. And the games Sunset Overdrive and No Man's Sky blew me away. All the orange, all the color everywhere. And it really goes to show that games don't have to be dark and depressing. We can actually have fun with them. That's it for me. And I'm going to let you guys go. Thanks a (laughs) lot, man. That was was an excellent call. I really appreciate it. And you make a great point. We should talk about Sunset Overdrive for a little bit. But I think you make a great point because there were several games that I thought, man, art direction. Finally, we're, we're in a place where... Technology isn't the limiter. Now it's really art direction that determines what your game is going to look and feel like. It's not just, oh, we can put more polygons on the screen or whatever, as it was in previous generations. We're really to the point where where, where people can make decisions based on how they want games to look. Um, was it Abzu that was the one underwater? Yep. Oh, my gosh. The art direction of that it was just stunning. And um, there's a couple of others that I was, one of the ones were I thinking of that I was just like, holy mackerel, these decisions to create a mood through the type of graphics that are being used. Uh, But let's also talk about Sunset Overdrive, because Dan, you were saying that when you saw the actual gameplay on on the extended coverage that it it felt a little more disjointed, but man, it it just looks like pure fun to me. It was it has. I love. I mean, I just mean a half step towards. Oh yeah, it's a video game. It's not like you know pure, buttery amazingness. Um, but still pure buttery amazingness compared to every other game. Like I love that while we're fighting, we're. It's. I love that traversal and combat are one and the same. Um, and that it it really, um, considers the feeling, um, of playing rather than the strategy in the playing or the um, precision of the playing, like the the feeling uh, seems like it will be wonderful because I love traversal in video games. And as it started, I was sort of saying to myself, well, now I don't care if they announce crackdown because 
this which they did. I know, I know. But to be to be fair, I mean, what they showed of Crackdown, uh, I did nothing for. I mean, what what they showed for that Crackdown three, I you know, so what? I was like, whatever. I you know, if I didn't already love Crackdown, that would have not done anything for me. Um, but Sunset Overdrive, what they showed is like, yes, that's that's why I loved Crackdown. That's why I loved. You know all the games of of its ilk, so um, I don't want to go into Crackdown, but I mean you could take it there <laughs> if you want. But to focus on Sunset Overdrive, yes, I mean how fun does it look, right? I think, I think just purely based on what they showed, and and I'll I'll get hands on with it this week at some point, but uh, just purely based on what they showed, it really moved into that potential system seller category. Yeah, I thought it it looks so different and so special, and it. It just screams fun at the top of its lungs. Uh, Christian, are you? Are you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, coming out of the Microsoft press conference, I think that was the game I was most hyped for. Partly because it's coming this year, so it's really easy to get the you know the hype train hitched to that game. Choo-choo. And I feel like choo-choo. I know they were taking a dig at other games, but I almost felt like the intro to that trailer was taking a dig at Fuse. Or <laughs> just like I oh, think it was Mox, taking a dig at MGS, wasn't it? I thought it was like taking a dig at. Every dead serious war militaristic shooter game, and it was saying, just have fun. You know, there's monsters that are flatulent and just like it's <laughs> expressive and awesome. You know what I mean? Uh, I think we just found the title for this episode. <laughs> yeah, just I have fun. Looked, there's monsters looked, that are flatulent. <laughs> I thought it looked so good. And, and I mean, it really is going to be the hands on, right? How smooth and right. seamless that traversal is and running around. And I know you're scoring and you're, you power up to gain that nuke by linking combos and grinding and moving and wall running. If all of that is as smooth as I remember Jet Set Radio being, which I've replayed it and it's rough. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know what I mean? If they really yeah. nail that parkour movement, Titanfall, I think, has does a great job of it. And if they're able to build on that with like the Sonic the Hedgehog grind shoes and running and linking and shooting. And, and I don't mind the enemies being kind of dumb AI-wise because to some extent they are just fodder for me to kill. Um Man, that game looked really, looked really, really cool. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope the controls are intuitive enough to make playing it a joy and not a, not a chore. I think that's the one potential hang-up that game could have is it overcomplicates things where it doesn't need to. Well, I think, I think it might be the opposite. I think it might oversimplify things. I think it'll be like, yeah, anytime I'm even remotely close to that thing, I'll start grinding on it and I'll flippity-do over here. And I think it might, I, I'm more worried about it auto-playing for me. Um, but I hope it finds a happy medium of both of those places and it lets me to express my creativity, you know, and, and choose where I'm going to land next and, and really make that decision process fun um, because, boy, it, it sure looks visually stunning and it, it just looks like a load of fun. Um, there's a couple of things I want to hit on before we uh, before we go to and, and um, feel free to throw in other stuff, guys, if, if you have them. But um Wait, were you excited about Crackdown? You should say. Oh, like, yeah. Cr- I mean, Crackdown, I love the first Crackdown uh, so much, so, so much. And while I am chagrined that we didn't see gameplay for a Crackdown, uh, which I did notice that there was no three in the title. It just was called Crackdown, right? Mm. Anyway, that's what I think. Yeah. But um, it certainly seemed, A, I was pleased that there were no zombies or monstery type of things. <laughs> meaning they're kind of, you know, retreating back from Crackdown 2's direction, which is a good thing. And yeah. it really seemed to emphasize the co-opiness of it that whole trailer was basically a giant alley-oop. 
You know, like yeah, I'm going right. to drive this, this truck up this thing and you're going to shoot it and it's going to make a big explosion. We're going to knock a whole building down. And if they can deliver that kind of gameplay loop, uh, to added to the fun, uh, crackdown formula of finding orbs in all the right places. I am so, so, so in, I just wish, I just wish we weren't seeing CGI trailers so much and it was more gameplay stuff, but yeah, I liked, I liked the direction it seemed to be indicating. Um, and then the other thing we promised Matt we were going to talk about Grim Fandango. Have you guys played Grim Fandango? No, I never played. I watched my older brother play it. I have not. Oh, you are both it. in for I'm a treat. On. You are in for a treat. I love the fact that it's going to be re-released. It is a true gem. Uh, it's one of those games that I played as a kid and and absolutely loved. Um, so it, it's one of those like it, it's crazy that, that they're making it. It's it's so out there and was so strange at the time. But, you know, in this sort of post-indie world, it, it was really the first indie game in a lot of ways because it was so strange and so different and and had its own sensibilities. I, I'm just so glad it's going to be reintroduced to a whole new audience. I, I'm very excited to see that happening. Um, let's take another call. We got uh, somebody on the line from uh, 661. Um, what's your name? Where are you calling from? And what game are you most excited about? Uh, yeah, my name is Robert. Um, I'm from Bakersfield, California. I called earlier, but I had some kind of signal issue. I'm not too sure what happened. Um, oh, you but sound I great now. My biggest takeaway. From... <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think my biggest takeaway from today was, and even though it was only like three minutes, was the Metal Gear Solid Five trailer. Just the music. Any trailer they pumped out for it, it just killed it. And I think that uh, that kind of brought me up from the disappointment. Uh, from the lack of Vita news, and I think I'm ready to sell my Vita now. Wow. Well, Christian, this this sounds like right up your alley in, in multiple ways. I first of all wanted to hear what your take on MGS5 trailer was, and I want to hear your take on Vita. Are, are you going to have to salvage this guy's Vita for him? I mean, I'm barely able to talk right now because I feel like I just got kicked in the crotch. Sell your <laughs> Vita. Um, no, I, I was actually surprised by the amount of play that the Vita got at the Sony press conference, really. I mean, what it is right now is a really awesome indie machine, right? I mean, some of these great indie games that they had coming out are going to be on the Vita when they were showing, you know, they're going through that their, their indie role or whatever of these games that are coming out. It would be like PS4 and Vita, PS4, PS3 and Vita. And I, to me, I love that aspect of it on the on the console rogue legacy is still coming to the vita that's going to be incredible hotline miami 2 is going to come to the vita i thought the first one they did a great job adapting it to those controls i put more time into the vita version than the pc version because again my my lifestyle is unique where i'm on the road you know i'll be spending like the back half of this month in new york so i won't have my consoles i'll have my vita and it's great It, it works really really well for that so i understand if you're not a mobile gamer in that sense, then yeah, get rid of your Vita. But I mean, I think Sony's still throwing support behind it. I mean, heck, they're releasing the Vita TV in the US. You know, they haven't given up on the thing. I don't think we'll see an Uncharted Golden Abyss 2, um, but I think there's still a lot of great play experiences out there on the Vita. And I think remote play works, you know, really, really well if you have the good enough internet for it. I think it's really cool. You know, I had fun sitting in my bedroom just picking up some... uh you know, going collecting orbs and infamous and and running around like that type of gameplay that just the chill. I'm not going to play Wolfenstein on it in bed, um, but like the chill kind of just cruising around need for speed works really well on it. And the Metal Gear trailer, I mean, again, 
they've all, I mean, I remember Metal Gear 2 when he, when they just, he, <laughs> when Kojima, when, when they shut down E3 playing that trailer on the screen. And this trailer I spoiled for myself because as soon as I saw it was leaked, I, I was a giddy fanboy and I couldn't wait. And I, I watched it in my phone, hunched over like I was, you know, Gollum, like, don't, don't disturb me. Uh, my precious. It's so good, though, man. I, I'm, I'm a little scared of the open worldy claims of it still, and uh, I'm a little scared of how I think Fan, uh, Phantom Pain. Um, what's the prologue called? Metal Gear. I own it. I could go. Ground Zeroes. Ground Zeroes. Ground Zeroes. Thank you so much. Um, I think the way that ended was a little. I, I get it. I know what you're trying to do, but I think it was a little over the top. So I'm, I'm hopeful that he doesn't continue to go down that path with some of the, the motifs in the game. But I thought Peace Walker on PSP was incredible. Metal Gear Solid 4, I loved when I played. Ground Zeroes, I enjoyed. I, there's hours of content in it. By replaying it, it's so fun. I think it has smart AI. So I'm stoked. I'm really, really stoked for that game. Um, what do you think? I mean, you're not a hu- you're not as big of a Metal Gear fan as me. Did you watch it and think, this will get you into it or you'll spend time with no. this or you'll borrow my copy and never play it. <laughs> I loved MGS four. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, however, uh, seeing trailers for Metal Gear Solid games does nothing for me. It, it's a It's like, it's, it's like turning on um, <laughs> television when you're traveling in a foreign country, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, what, what, what's happening? There's Jeff. It's like the big bang theory. Everyone <laughs> I know loves it. And yeah. I put it on. I'm like, okay, I'm now. I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna love it. And I don't get. Then a year later, like, okay, let me just let me just see. Clearly, I just watched a better. Okay, what? Is, I don't understand. What is it? But you're right. It also, it also was like, what language are they speaking? Why are people understanding <laughs> yeah. this? What? Yeah, and it was, just, it was just it was just a lot of it was a lot of it. The the message it gave me was there's a sh- or excuse me, I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of. Uh, cutscenes in this game and here's us splicing them together or some of them together over music so lots of this stuff happens it's this is all out of order and even when it's in order you're probably not going to understand half of it but you know enjoy but Kiefer <laughs> Kiefer gets a horn or maybe that's Kiefer that gets a horn maybe it's David gets a horn a dude has a horn and he rubs <laughs> blood on his face and it's about the moment to moment for me. For the I Metal agree, Gear and that's games. I love Metal Gear Solid Four. I loved playing that game. I finished it. I had a great time playing it. I just don't have this sort of, you know, frothy excitement when any kind of new bit of information comes out about an MGS game because it all looks the same to me. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand the reverence for the narrative. That's what I don't understand. Yes. Well, I'll um, call. I know Mark is still working late, but I'll call him up. Uh, we we'll get him on the phone tomorrow, and we'll. Oh, see we got to get Mark on the show tomorrow. We got to book him in. Um, <laughs> okay, we, we're running long. We 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 got to wrap this up. I, uh, poor Miranda has to go to bed. Uh, she's been producing the show for us, and we appreciate it. Um, there's so much to talk about. I just want to. Any last things you guys want to talk about? We didn't really talk about Arkham Knight very much. Oh, um, amazing looking! Amazing looking. Yeah. Right. What else do we need to say? It does look amazing looking. I mean, it's it's. <laughs> It, I, I wish Batman could go to a different area because, like, you can I only make Gotham that. City look awesome so many times, right? I want totally. Batman to go where all the civilians of Gotham go, somewhere other than Gotham. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I was a little, I was glad to hear that Project Morpheus at least got name checked. Um, the fact that they don't really have much else to talk about with it means that it's really, really far off, which is a bummer to me. Well, uh, so obviously, it's not show. something that shows well at a conference. What, Dan? Right. I was just saying, yeah, what can you show? It wouldn't, They'd, 
they would have to do the like. Remember when Nintendo announced the 3DS when they were like, "Yeah, we can't really show you." Ladies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come yes. Just, yes. Yes. <laughs> the ladies are holding them, so come check oh, yeah. it out. Um. Yeah, we already talked. We already talked about Mirror's Edge too being a little bit disappointing. Um. Yeah. So okay, let's let's wrap this up, and you guys tell me uh, again things you are most excited about coming out of day one and which company you think won the day. Dan, you go first. Um, well, not to be redundant, but Witcher 3, Ori, and Inside were probably the most awe-inspiring. Um, and so I guess that's Microsoft, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Those are all all three. Were oh, the, what was the one that I liked at Sony? And there was one awesome one at Sony. <laughs> one awesome one at Sony. Oh, No Man's uh, Sky. No Man's Sky. Sky. Yeah. yeah. I also thought it was cool that Magicka Two is happening. I, you, you and I were both big fans of Magicka One, right, yeah. Dan? Yeah. yeah. I dug it. All right, uh, Spicer. No man, No Man's Sky blew me away. I hope it plays well. Um, oh my gosh, it was gorgeous and exciting and amazing games coming out this year it looks like it's a tie for me between sunset overdrive and hardline of games that were shown at e3 that are coming out this year i know that there are other games that have already been announced uh well, i take that back three-way tie i'm adding destiny in there also <laughs> those three games i think showed really well and look amazing and i'm just excited let's, let's keep being positive about games and keep building yeah. this awesome you know gen 8 or whatever gen we're on has a lot of steam, and I'd love to see it keep keep continuing. I think this is a really exciting time to be gaming, and this week is going to be a great culmination of that. Oh, I know what I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, the peanut butter that's in my chocolate and the chocolate that's in your peanut butter. <laughs> they put... Last of Us in Last of Diablo. Us in Diablo. How crazy is that? It's a really cool little uh, console-exclusive nod. It's really cool. Yeah, would you ever <laughs> have, like wanted that or asked for it or thought of those two ips needing to be right <laughs> you know it's so true so, yeah it's so true but i think it's kind of cool i think it's so unexpected like it's i i would never guess blizzard would do that you know right uh all right so mine are uh, no man's sky um uh, Witcher 3, I, I i'm really excited about rise of the tomb raider although it's hard to put just a cgi right. announcement thing in uh, I really thought Sunset Overdrive was great. Um, we didn't really talk about the division, how awesome that was, but it's pretty cool. Um, it looked so awesome Crackdown. last year too, though. I think. It's yeah, it did. Uh, it's hard to pick something more than No Man's Sky. I'm looking over my list of things. Um, what else did I get super excited about, guys? Inside and Ori. Yeah. Ori and Inside and Ori and, cra- and Crackdown. That's and Scalebound looks kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was really Witcher three. Yeah, I guess I don't have that standout. Like last year, I felt like there was a standout game that I was just like, "Holy crap!" That came out of nowhere. And I feel like there was more known quantities this year in a year that I thought we we're going to have real surprises. Oh, Unity too. I don't know, man. I feel like just too many of them right after another Maybe. because of that yeah. Microsoft conference. Just like kind of like, oh, oh, you know? Yeah. So. Very cool, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. This was just night one. We're going to do this all the rest of the week. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're going to try to start a little earlier at 7 o'clock. I'll rush home from the show. We need to look at at that schedule. 
Yeah, we need to look at that schedule. I'll do that right after we, uh, we wrap up here. But um, hopefully you'll hang out with us every night. Uh, and then we'll be back to our regular schedule next Monday uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific time. We appreciate you hanging out. I should mention the phone number again. If you find yourself able to hang out with us one of these nights, you can call 512-518-5714. Thanks to all the callers that called in. You guys were really fantastic. It was a really exciting day. I've been up since 4 a.m. I'm going to pass out now. Uh, but we'll be back here tomorrow to talk about hands-on. Christian and I will both be at the show tomorrow. We'll have hands-on. I think we're having uh, a very special guest. Um, who do we have tomorrow? My brain isn't working because I've been up a million years. Uh, but uh, we'll be back. So be back with us. Have a great E3. And uh, until next time, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. Make it a better place.